Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a De Beer. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Green and Gold Rugby Show again. Uh, we are the uh, the show that's getting you over the advantage line of the hottest topics of Australian rugby. I'm Rugby Reg. Uh, Reg Roberts back again. There must be rugby on this weekend. And better yet, the Reds are a good chance of beating the Waratahs. <laughs> so why would we not have a podcast? And, they, and why they haven't would I lost not yet, drag... Reg. <laughs> Why would I not drag our two TAR supporters on the phone too? So with me, as per usual, Matt Rowley. How are you, Matt? G'day, mate. Good to talk to you again. You too. And Hugh Cavill. How are you, Hugh? I'm good, Reg. I'm good. I've I've been doing a bit of research, actually, Reg, for for you, for us, and the benefit of the listeners. Rugby union is a game played between two teams of 15 players using 15. an oval-shaped ball on a rectangular field. The, I mean, you, you could be mistaken for forgetting all of that stuff, but yes. uh, it looks like we're going to see a return to it this weekend. It's remarkable, and even even sometimes this last week or so, I I wasn't entirely confident would see it happen, but um, it, it seems like we're already days away. I myself am actually going to Suncorp Stadium on Friday night to see the Tars play, and and uh, actually with uh, announcements as of tomorrow, I think lunchtime, they're bumping up the crowd allowance from 10,000 to 25,000. So oh, who wow. knows? That might mean we'll only get 8,000 there anyway. But at least we could have more. We could have more. That's well over the tail at the cap, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look, guys, we're not going to go the full five this week. We've got a few questions we want to talk about. We obviously want to touch on Super Rugby, which kicks off this weekend, the Australian version. Um, we do want to do a, a bit of a preview as well. We want to look at each of the players or each of the teams or uh, the, the player that you know we're most interested to see. Um, we do want to talk about uh, you know are we in a better place now than we were six weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and then we might just finish off with a bit of a around the ground some of the other topics that have caught our eye of recently. So look, um, let's go to you, Matt. You're the uh, the the sceptical, the the old. Um, <laughs> Fuddy duddy in yeah, the group. The old dog, yep. <laughs> <laughs> or the slowly, slowly becoming disinterested in the group. Um, look, I think, I think Are you excited? Think, I think we've got a mix in here. Look, I've, I, I felt a twinge in the loins today, um, you know, about it, I guess. Um, hadn't really, I mean, I don't know, just it'd been so preoccupied by the other facets of the whole thing, like um, just is there a rugby and what does that look like and who's running it and you know, all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I just, it's kind of feels bizarre that we're actually talking about people playing it. Um, it's going to be, you know, which is going to be interesting to see. So yeah, it looks like I need to maybe turn my KO subscription back on <laughs> at some stage in the next few days and, and uh, yeah, watch a bit of it and hopefully, yeah, hopefully it, yeah, hopefully it kicks in. I'm, I guess I was looking forward to tonight actually to hopefully try and rev me up. So Give it a bit look, real. exactly. So look, I, I'm that, if you're that person on the podcast thinking, oh, geez, I don't know. Um, then um, you look, you, I'm your person. I'm your every man tonight. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm, I'm representing, I'm representing you, the great disinterested. <laughs> well, but it's a bit <laughs> like that. I, I get that. It's, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's obviously no marketing budget to promote this stuff. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like there's there's rugby afoot. I, I I know there is because I obviously keep a close eye on there is, and 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 I've been counting down the days to this. But it, it, it you know it's 
not like a season relaunch. I know they're, they're doing, a, I think, an online Zoom launch tomorrow, officially, the Rugby Australia. Um, but obviously, with all the, the cuts and and whatnot and the lacking of budget and staff, there's there's not a big marketing push behind this. You, are you... They couldn't afford Zoom Pro, is that what you're saying? No, no, exactly. They're keeping it to 40 minutes. <laughs> 40 yeah, what's, your, what's your feeling about this this weekend, mate? Oh, look, I, uh, as much as, look, I'm the, obviously the young optimist of the group, clearly <laughs> the, you know, fresh-faced sort of, um, the poster boy, if you if you will, for the, for the team. Um, I Look, I, I'm probably closer to Matt in that sense that, look, I, I've been out of the game so long and it's been away for so long and coming back to it, um, I think I will be once that first whistle blows. Um, but... For now, I'm sort of, you know, cautiously optimistic for it, but it's, I'm not, I'm not uh, exactly waking up at at night, you know, excited for it to to happen. Um, maybe because of the the nature of the competition is it's kind of, you know, there's there's not really a huge amount to play for in terms of stakes. Maybe because the Waratahs just aren't very good. Um, you know, there's there's a few factors, but there's still plenty for me that I'm interested in. I've been reading a lot of articles this week, and if anything else, I'm just glad that we can finally have a bit of sport, sport, actual rugby to talk about, rather than board board machinations or player pay disputes or job cuts, um, or or any of the other you know issues that are floating around the rugby world. Just be nice to talk about players and who scored a good try and who made some big tackles and and that sort of thing. Um. So yeah, look, I'm 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 excited. Uh, my, my excitement's slowly starting to to build up before the weekend. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I was curious. I was going to ask that question. How much is this? Just because it's the Waratahs, with, with all due respect, who've had a a challenging season. Um, and I, and I guess by extension, and 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 maybe we'll see how they go Friday night. We we can chat a bit about that soon. But next weekend, you guys host your first game. I think you're you've got. Uh, uh, who must you have? You have We've got uh, the force. You're playing the force, and that was yeah. at the SCG. SCG, it looks, yeah. Yeah, it looks like you'll also have the Rebels versus the Reds, um, which will be moved to New South Wales now by all reports. Here, would you be expecting to go to either of these games? I'd, I'd hope to get to one of them. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, uh, it'll take a little bit of negotiation. I'm on a golf weekend this weekend, so getting ah, getting a, a pass to the rugby next week could be take some um, a little bit of diplomacy. Um, but uh, it 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 should be. I, I'd be definitely be keen to go because I don't know. Like uh, everyone's been away from it for so long, and I do feel like I actually want to support the code. Yeah. You know, uh, dip into my hip pocket and actually put some money down and and go and cheer on because. Um, you know, there's, there's so, so, you know, we're up against it on so many fronts and it'll just be nice to go and have a cold beer. And even if, you know, it's not in a packed stadium of, of 40,000 or whatever it might be just to, to go and, and be able to hurl obscenities at the match officials is, is just worth it in itself. Yeah. Back to the old. Yeah. Yeah. Situation normal. Um, yeah, look, I must say I'm, I'm. I'm getting increasingly excited. I mean, I, you know, I've got four kids stuck at home with me, so I, I need an outlet. I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting. <laughs> looking forward to getting some respite. And it has been, you know, I don't know, three, four months since the Reds last played. So I know they won their last game, but they had some shockers before that. So perhaps that that's the period that just dulls my senses a little bit. So I'm I'm back getting a little bit excited um, about their potential and, and what they can do. And, and with some of the, uh, 
you know, the question marks over the Waratah form. And then you read today that Carmichael Hunt's not playing and Jake Gordon's not playing and Tom Robinson's not playing. That, you know, this might be the first time, gosh, it might be a decade. I don't want to push it, but it, it be getting up there since the Reds have actually beat the Waratahs. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty bloody excited about this weekend. I want to oh. see a Reds victory over the New South Wales that I haven't seen since probably you and Mackenzie days. Maybe maybe Richard, Richard Graham in 2013, I think it might have been. Is it really that long ago? It How- is. It's oh nuts. Oh, my God. That's crazy. But Which yeah. is weird because I think before then, Reg, wasn't there an extended streak where the, the Waratahs had never won? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Exactly. And it, it, even to the extent where the Tars were pushing the finals and we were cellar dwellers, we'd always get up and, and beat the Tars. Yeah. That's right. But, yeah. So, we'll see what happens. It's interesting with, you know, the, just, I guess, my own experiences up here, uh, the Reds have uh, released... Um, registration to the members last week uh, where members had to sort of sign up by a certain time to say they were coming names and details of all people attending they obviously have to completely rebuild the membership form because you can't sit your normal seats because you can't be sitting next to people who aren't in your membership group or in your family um so that's taken a while we haven't even got confirmation that we've got our tickets yet and i think that's consistent with all members as they redo that they were banking on a maximum crowd of 10,000. Anastasia Palaszczuk has, has dropped the bombshell today that that'll be up to 25,000 as of tomorrow lunchtime. Whether that comes into effect, you know, we, we can change things that quickly for Friday night's game. Who knows? Um, they might just have to open the gates for some ticket sales, which I know they'll be reluctant to because you have to get staff and all that sort of stuff. But it's yeah, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's been a process. It's still not across the line, and there'll be lots of lots of uh, steps in play to to. To once we get into the stadium, but I, I, I can't wait. I think it's uh, with the whole family's coming along. It's going to be a, a rip or not. I can't wait. So, so, was there any indication of how they were doing just tracking against the ten thousand? Well, with the ten thousand, I heard yesterday uh, the CEO did a post on LinkedIn saying that they would be selling tickets as of Thursday, which would seem to indicate we could even crack the ten thousand. Now, I don't know how, what our membership numbers were. It's not as public mm-hmm. as it used to be, so. Um, I, I get a sense, and look, even the um, the Broncos who haven't been doing that well, they couldn't get their ten thousand last week. I think, as you say, Matt, I think there's still a a sense of oh, it's, it's not quite footy season, and I still want to sort of stay in my little cocoon or bubble sort of thing. So mm. I think that's still a factor with people getting out. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'll be interested to see. Yeah, I'd be good. I mean, look, if yeah, geez, if I wonder how many you need there at some court to make it. I mean, I guess you kind of kettle everybody into a few, you know, to a well, few you, ba- a few bays. You can't though. This is oh, no, right, that's the thing. Yeah, right. Because I, I was I, watching the uh, the AFL. I think it was the Brisbane Lions against um, who they flogged uh, West Coast. I think or Adelaide, one of the two. And and um, and it was weird because you could hear the crowd and see the crowd, but be- because everyone was so spaced out at the Gabba, it didn't really look like there was a crowd. If that makes sense. That's gonna yeah. Be, that's gonna be a weird experience. Yeah, very bizarre. So you get your little clumps of like I'll have my four seats together, but yeah. there'll be no one, no one around me, so to speak. So that's <laughs> that's the challenge. I've had to sort of rebuild the seating arrangements and issue people with whole new sort of tickets, and not obviously bothering with membership cards, but um, printable tickets for everyone. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's a challenge when you consider that they've all everyone's axed half their staff. Whether <laughs> it be the Reds, Ticketek, Suncorp, all these people, it's um it's a hell of a hell of an opportunity, hell of a challenge. Yeah, well, and, and look, hopefully, you know, well. Let's hope it keeps going. I mean, with this news coming out of Victoria at the moment, um, you know, um, and what that means to Victorian teams and all sorts of stuff. But um, hopefully 
this is you, hopefully you don't see one of the last games of rugby for yes, exactly. <laughs> for even longer. So thankfully the Rebels moved up to Canberra I think a week ago now. So they play the Brumbies on on Saturday night, and it now seems like that they will be they won't return to Victoria for a little while. The poor buggers. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some um, rejigging of the draw to allow them a few games or some buys, and they might have all their away games early and, and finish with a run home. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what those lads do. And, and that's just a, and to be honest, and that's another whole cost of the tournament. You know, that's that's a, probably an ARU cost that they have to cover, and that's another cost that they don't really have at the moment. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a it's a hell of a hell of an op- a hell of a uh, challenge all around. Yeah, well, I mean, I know, I think the Rebels, yeah, are going to be at the YHA at Central Station, potentially in <laughs> Sydney, in the twelve-bed uh, dorm there. The um, mixing in there. But, uh, the Reg, can you run us through the um, the, the rule variations? Because I know we're we're, we're going to be seeing a, a few come into play yeah. that were in the NRC. I'd be interested in your perspective on them because I know, um, you know that that. Um, in NRC, they sort of evolved as the competition went on. Um, but I know we've got the um, sort of the goal line dropouts. We've got a, a, a 50-22 rule. Um, and I'm a bit sceptical about a few of them. But in the, the NRC, it tended to work out okay, didn't it? Oh, yeah. I, look, yeah, so that's the big one. It's the 22-50 and the 50-22. So basically, if you kick it inside one and it bounces out inside the other, you get the line out back. The intent being that it's hopefully we'll drop those defending wingers back um, and free up some space. So has it got on... a bounce? It's got a bounce? Yeah, it's still got a bounce, so it can't be on the full. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, the wingers hang back, meaning there's less people in the defensive line, might mean more attacking opportunities. Look, they did that in the NRC. I, I won't say it made a dramatic impact in the game. You know, the NRC is pretty loose anyway, so maybe this is the sort of the level we'll see a little bit of a difference. Um the you mentioned the other ones held up over uh, held up in the in goal is now goal line dropout. Um, again, that was in the NRC. Um, so rather than that, yeah, they're just trying to reduce the number of times we do scrums, which I guess is understandable. Um, that's been a bit of a bone of contention in terms of at least the time it takes to pack scrums and the fact that it slows down the game. So um, it can be taken anywhere on the trial line, has to cross five metres. Um, uh, as well, uh, the the what's the the Matt Tamua rule? There is no longer a mark in the 22. I'm trying to find. I don't have my release next to me, but I don't think you can mark from a kick kicked inside the 22. So if you do a little dinky chip kick while you're attacking the line and the opposition fullback catches it on the full, that's no longer a mark because they want to encourage you know tricky kicks. That's the Matt Tamua came up with that one. Um, and the other one is uh, the 20 minute red card rule. So if there's a red card, the player goes off for 20 minutes and then he can be re- replaced by someone else. So he stays off, but a replacement can come on. So the intent obviously being um, you don't ruin the game from a spectacle perspective. Um, I, I think that's it. I've got a feeling I might be missing one more, but that's that's probably the main ones at least. So look, uh, you know, I, the... The goal line dropper probably does speed things up a bit because people tend to take, look for those those quicker kicks if they can get the ball. And well, the, I mean, oh, I, well, with that one, I guess it takes it away from that thing where if you think you've got an ascendant scrum, you're just going to keep, you know, going and going until yeah, you get pick penalties and, 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 and sort of thing. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that. But the you know how the you know you keep resetting scrums. You know, you need you know situations you get into where obviously a team was fishing for a penalty and then the 
hopefully a penalty try and a yellow card, which uses up 10 minutes or five or 10 minutes on a goal line and, you know, often doesn't doesn't necessarily result in a try anyway. I guess that, I guess yeah. that's the idea of that one, just try and get away from those. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, exactly right. So it's just to, to free up that more sort of loose play. Uh, I have got the rules here. Well, there's anything else I miss in goal. 22.50, red card. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, there, there is going to be um, extra time for a draw, two minutes or five minutes period. Um, but, you know, I, I was – look, so they set up this whole let re, law reveal, review team with Scott Johnson, I think Matty Tamur and a few other players, and it's pretty underworld with what they came up to. I guess they want to keep the structure right, and they don't want – they want the game still to look like rugby so that when we play test footy afterwards, you know, we're not playing a different game. Mm. Um but, you know, they basically just did whatever we did in the NRC with the red card rule. So, and Matt Tamua's mark mark rule. So, yeah, much much. So I don't, I don't think they'll have too much of an Im- impact on the game. You know, the big one, I think, is more the interpretation, which we've seen in the New Zealand version around the ruck, um, which is, you know, the, the, they're being a lot more ardent around how people roll away and all that sort of stuff. Um, and again, I think, with any of these new laws, it's how the refs interpret it and how harshly, and they'll generally take a couple of weeks to, to ease it up a little bit as well. Gosh, they're doing that in New Zealand, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I, Brett Mackay posted something today, the number of penalties are decreased every round, and whether that's the players learning or the referees learning, so you never know. Kiwi's cheating. Yeah, well, that's part for the course. Mm. Um, all right, well, let's look at the competition, I guess, Um and the the players, I mean, you know, it's been a while and, and uh, we've had some players leaving. You know, we've obviously got the, the Reds trio, Hawkins, Lucas and and um, uh, Rodder has gone. Beal's going. Damon Fitzpatrick's retired. Um, uh, I'm sure there's others as well that have moved on. Oh, yeah, Ferretti Siaga from the, the Rebels. Uh, so there's a few players. But what about the players that are playing? Who, who are you looking forward to seeing Back on the field, Matt. Anyone that has caught your eye or you're looking forward to seeing have a run around? Yeah, well, look, actually, look, pretty much the whole Reds back row. Yes. <laughs> I've got to yes. say, you guys are pretty soaked up, pretty much soaked up um, a lot of the young talent there, uh, which is what we really needed uh, as, I think, a bit of a regeneration and also a bit of a challenge to some of the incumbents there that have been in the Wallaby setups. And um, it was really, it was great to see them and how they were developing yeah, prior to all of this. So, um, is it McCrate, McCrite? Uh, uh, yeah, Fraser McCrite, yep. Yeah, and, Liam uh, Wright and Harry yeah, Wilson. There you go, um, that trio. And um, so, yeah, a bunch of great players there um, who were already transitioning well into Super Rugby. So, um, to see them kick on was going to be great. And then, well, I actually... Well, I had another. I don't know if one of you guys were going to say him anyway, but um, just I guess it was a favourite from that under 21s. Uh, was it a World Cup or was it a, a tournament? Yeah, the yeah, Junior World Cup. The Junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They play every year. The Junior World Champs. Yeah. yeah, that that last one where Nick Frost scored that try <laughs> off the kickoff. Anyone who can do that, any second rower who can run like that, I was very very interested to see what was going to come of him. And I understand he's at the Brumbies. So yeah, he is. So um, yeah, I was, that's definitely someone I just have an eyeball out to see. Uh, how he pops up. And see, that's, that's, you're right. Because, you know, with Rodder going for the Reds, it means Luca and Salakai Loto, who has been playing six for the Reds, will probably move into lock, which means Fraser McWright starts. So that becomes a really exciting back three. And then meanwhile, down the Brumbies, Caden Neville's um, 
injured at the start of the season and then Blake Enever's got a compassionate release so I could go play in the UK. So there's a lock spot. Yeah, a couple of lock spots opening up and that's where Nick Frost. So yeah, you're bang on. These young guys are going to get a good chance to shine um, when, you know, there's Wallaby spots up for grabs. So who knows where it may well, and, end and up. I think, and exactly. And I think in the bigger scheme of things, you know, we've, you know, it's probably, we're, we're due to have a bit of a, I don't want to say clear out, but I don't think it's a bad thing actually to have a bit of a nah. generational change there. You've got a great young team who did amazing things only a short time ago. Um, they've obviously got, there's a hell of a lot of talent and capability in there for them to get supercharged and, you know, and it's probably not a bad thing. They're not going to get drubbed by a lot of Kiwi teams yes. over, this, yes. over this first season. You know, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, you know, let them um, have a bit of a run out, and uh, so it's probably not a bad thing actually. And some of these guys have cleared off um, for the money. And look, don't get that's not me saying that in a nasty way. I can understand, yeah. but you know, it's it's opened up a few gaps, and yeah, like you say, some of those guys might get more of a run than they well, they will get more of a run than they would have otherwise. Absolutely. What about you, Hugh? Anyone uh, that you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, look, I, I was thinking back to my memories of, of Super Rugby um, and before the break, it, the last game I recall being is the game between the Waratahs and the Brumbies um, in Canberra. And my memory of that was the battle of the two young tens being yeah. Will Harrison from the Waratahs and Noah Lolesio from, from the Brumbies. And, um, you know, the Brumbies obviously uh, took took the the biscuits on the day, but I remember both of those tens had outstanding games and being really excited about the future uh, with those two blokes uh, running around as well as a few others in, in, in other, other teams. Um, and so I, I think certainly from a Waratahs perspective, watching Will Harrison come on is, is going to be really exciting. Um, and he's up against it this week. He, he's got no Jake Gordon to, to feed him and no Carmichael Hunt outside him, no Kirtley Beal to run off him. So he's, he's really going to be a bit of a one-man band in that back line, um, and it, it might be tough for him. But I really hope we can persist with him and give him a, give him a shot for the rest of the season. And in many ways, the, the change of format to now this Super AU is really suitable to the Tars because we can really abandon all pretense of, of, of a Super Rugby ladder and 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 worrying about competing in that competition and actually go and fully blood our young players and look to the future. We've already said goodbye to Kirtley Beal, which which makes me a little bit sad as 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 someone who's been a big Kirtley fan over the years. But it certainly is going to free up some opportunities for guys like you know Jack Maddox, who's going to play 15 this week. Mm. Um, you know we're going to see. I think Will Harris is going to have a have a game in in the pack. We've got um, uh, a, a few others. Um, I know Ned Hadigan's coming back and. And um, Carlo Tizano, I think, is, is is another bloke that's going to get a run, hopefully. So there's um, a, a, a few really exciting young young players circling around. Pat Taff is another one, um, and uh, we'll see if we can give them get them a run this week um, for the Waratahs because we can see these. You know, there's a lot of good young players on the books, um, and we saw you know Angus Bell burst onto the scene too. Mm. So there's a lot of young guys in the Tars, and now. You know, we can hopefully, um, you know, free the shackles a little bit to give them a run in the super in this super comp. And I'm not expecting great results, but certainly should see some uh, some of those players coming on and developing. But Harrison's my answer. Yeah, yeah, cracker. Look, you guys have have. I'm glad you mentioned those because it saves me from saying it. Um, I, I do want to acknowledge the force. You know, it'd be interesting to see the force take on um, uh, the Super Rugby teams. I do have concerns about their whether they'll match it. I guess. 
maybe the Tars, they'll match it with the Tars, particularly with a few injuries. But um, one thing they'll have is combination, but I guess so with these super rugby teams. Interesting to see some of the players they've brought back, um, most notably uh, John O'Lance and Kyle Godwin. Um, and, you know, Matt, if you haven't caught up with the news, Kyle Godwin's I think, is a Waratah next year, so we'll be able to get a bit Ooh. of a sneak preview with him um, when he's playing for the Force coming back next year, probably filling that, I don't know, the, the inside that centre position that uh, that frees up with Beal going, so to speak. Um, so that'll be interesting. I'm look, uh, looking forward to seeing them play. I, 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 I don't think they're the key positions they need to cover, but and also Greg Holmes, you know, 100 cat, Queensland Red uh, going to the four, so that'll be great to see him playing Super Rugby again. Um, but if you talk about players, and I don't know if these guys will get much of a game, but I'm intrigued by the seven signings down at the Rebels. So obviously not much sevens rugby is happening, so Timmy Walsh has encouraged his seven squad to go out and just play some rugby. And uh, uh, Lewis Holland and Lockie Anderson have both turned up at the Rebels. Um which which is interesting. I mean, they've got a bit of an all-star cast down there, particularly in the back line. So there may not be a lot of opportunities. But, you know, Lewis Holland, who I gather is probably a fly half, maybe fullback. And uh, Lockie Anderson, I think, was formerly a back row, but will probably move into the outside backs as well. Both super talented players. So whether they get a chance, I don't know. Oh, and the other one is Gerald Skelton too. Who, oh, God, I forgot about him. The, the massive big bopper who will probably just go straight into the back row, whether he, again, the, the Rebels got some bit of depth there. So three Aussie Sevens players all playing for the Rebels, um, intrigued about their ability to uh, and transfer their skills into the uh, into the 15 game. But uh, uh, that's definitely something that I'll be keen to, to, to see sort of come into play. Um, look, I guess... You know, we, it is game week and, and we want to go on to the next question. And how do we feel, Matt, about where we are from a rugby perspective in Australia compared, compared to, you know, a month, two months ago? How, how are you feeling? You're feeling more secure now that uh, McLennan's in the role. We've got Rob Clark there. Footy's about to start. Or, or what's the what's the perception? Oh, I don't know. Look, I, I think that we probably can... It was a bit like everyone, I think everyone's just kind of happy that sort of the conflict's over, that mummy and daddy stopped fighting for a bit um, and and have just kind of gone with, well, oh, like at least it stopped and there seems to be at least, you know, some continuity of some form and there's going to be a bit of rugby. So, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's not so bad. But I think the truth is really we're just on life support. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a big loan that went in and we've got – you know, a broadcast deal that goes as long as whatever this is. So that's not exactly a long-term thing that's kind of been sorted out, right? Um, and my so look, from that perspective of, you know, the Band-Aids on and things are happening, that's great, I guess. Um, and it's good to see some rugby back on. Um, just in terms of where we're going long term and what happens next, which in some ways I feel like everyone's like, oh, can we just forget about that for a while? Um, <laughs> which I can completely understand. But I'm just I'm hoping in the background that there's just some very smart conversations going on that don't think that this is now somehow a new normal that's just going to kind of limp through. Because I think we might have talked about it the last time we got together for a, a random podcast. Um, is that you know, it's just we just know what we're about to do and and see isn't isn't sustainable, um, and so there are some still some big decisions that need to be made, and 
you know, in terms of what rugby looks like and what any sort of super comp looks like and all these sorts of things. And we know some of the answers, right? We know that this, the massive, you know, elongated super rugby thing doesn't work. We know that there's not, not enough space for an NRC. And if we're really honest, we know there's only space for probably three teams in Australia <laughs> and we need to make some choices. Um, instead, we're about to play a super season that's got, we're back to five. Mm. So there are a bunch of things in here that I'm just like, uh, you know, I get it. If it's, it's short term, it gets some rugby on the telly. So that's good. But I just hope that there's, I hope that this isn't sort of um, what, a, you know, people kicking the can down the road and not making some big decisions, which are the ones that need to be made. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, what's your feel? Is it just because News Limited aren't reporting it anymore or are you <laughs> things, things good all of a sudden? There's a bit of that, isn't there? Um, <laughs> it's nice to just not have that constant stream of, of you know, dire prognostications about the game. Um, I, I think w- whether that's, you know, so that Ham- Hamish McLennan seems to be making all the right noises and Rob Clark as CEO steadied the ship, that, that could be one reading of it. Another is that, you know, the couple of journalists in question have just gone on holidays or, or um, yeah, stopped barking up that particular tree um i don't know it's it, it is certainly feels like things are steadier that you know yes there's been job losses and I certainly feel for those people yes yesterday it was new south wales rugby's turn yeah. um but having actual rugby coming back and feeling like we've got um some some progress in the games at the back half of the year you know, more talk about that 2027 World Cup bid, which seems to be, you know, it's always nice to look at the horizon and see some nice things that could be happening there. Um, and, yeah, I think probably in the time since we've spoken that there's just been a lot of, as Matt touched on, a lot of positive movement towards what we probably want as the recognises probably the ideal option for us, which is the trans-Tasman kind of competition for next year. And whether that's just a temporary one-year option or something more permanent, it's still nice to to think that this horrible situation on so many levels might end up with a world for Australian rugby that might actually look better than what it was a few years ago in terms of the competition structure and and the way that you know the the rugby is broadcast here. Now it could also turn out horribly and and will be broken and singing for our supper but um certainly our multi-million dollar deals are going to stop rolling in guys i hate to break it to you but um mm. and apologies to sydney maserati as well um that uh, i had to uh you know return the vehicle and 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 uh yeah i, I don't know why i'm apologizing to them. actually they revoked the deal so you actually don't go to city maserati i think there's a lot of other better dealerships out there but um you know, now that they're not, no longer sponsoring the me as a podcaster. So, um, yeah, which is around about what I've been saying, Reg. Um, yeah, I think in the nice things are kind of better than they were six weeks ago um, for the game, not for me, because obviously that car sponsorship <laughs> was really useful. But, um, yeah. You and uh, Alan Jones are really going through some tough times. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> look, yeah, look. Exactly. Uh, look, I, it's funny. I... I, I I don't have a whole lot more confidence. I mean, there's a few things that, you know, that they get you on the hook a little bit. I mean, obviously, back playing footy is a great big distraction. It's the um, the prestige, so to speak, that, you know, draws your attention somewhere else. You know, there's the uh, the sneak announcement that 
it looks like, at least from a Queensland perspective, Ballymore may finally get its funding from the state government, and that's uh, it's an election year, and obviously there's a bit of industry recovery, uh, economic recovery stuff happening, so that may be announced pretty soon, which would be fantastic. But and you're right, the World Cup, you um, hot in the heels of the Australia New Zealand getting joint 2023, is it football World Cup, um, women's football World Cup. Um, which is super exciting. I worry that the federal government might not have enough money for all these World Cup bids and hostings we are looking at. And I think we're going for the World Cup netball as well. Um, so there's a lot happening major event-wise. Um, and in fairness, in an industry that, that needs a massive boost, it's just whether we've got the money for it. But look, I, I had a, another read of that big fatalist, fatalist article I wrote a, a couple of months ago about the future of the game, and it, it still hits home to me. I, I I don't have a lot of confidence in the model next year being something that's going to answer all our questions in terms of um, to revenue and so on, and the impact will be quite significant for the game. I think, uh, look, that, that's the big one for me. Until I see a model and broadcast figures, I, I, I don't have much hope. The longer it takes, the less, the more concern I have over what's going to happen next year. Um, and, you know, I, I respect it's a it's a bloody hard scenario to, to resolve because no one knows where we'll be in six months' time. A couple of weeks ago, we weren't, we weren't, we didn't anticipate Victoria having to reclose, you know, put places into lockdown and so on. And, and uh, all these boosts. So it's hard to ascertain what's going to happen, let alone trying to negotiate a, a um, hopefully international rugby tournament and uh, that has significant revenue generating capabilities. So, yeah, I, I'm still very worried. I'm just distracting my, myself very much with the fact that there's actually some rugby to play this weekend. Yeah, I look, I just, if I can't help but feel that if at the end of whatever the period is, and I guess. I guess I don't know where actually where we are now. Um, interim, in inverted commas, CEO Rob Clark. Yeah. Um, are we bothering with that anymore? Is there a search actually on? Yeah. Um, I not. You know, I think new chairman and CEO sailing buddies, ex shore boys. Am I right there, Hugh? Um, I believe so. Yes. Yes. I'm not sure why you'd ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> Just a guess. Um, yeah. Look, it all—it's all feeling pretty cosy there, right? And not only that, let's not forget, you know, the, where the chairman's sort of um, professional background is and where he's worked, and it's probably not a surprise why, I guess, news isn't shouting um, anymore. Um, but then, having said that, you like that was it. It was then the only checkbook left in town as well. So, you know, something had to happen. But so, you know, all of that noise has kind of come down. I, but I can't help but feel he, here is the here's the one opportunity we've got. Here is the crisis opportunity where you got you go, guys, it's time to reset, you know, and there are just some very, in my mind, some very clear things that you need to do then to give yourself a chance to your point um, there, Reg, in, in a way forward. You need to trim this thing way back to something that's in some way sustainable um and that's no nrc it's three rep teams and it's trying to get into some sort of trans tasman maybe a little bit of pacific island sort of game and you know that might not be the same amount of cash but it's something that's big enough to keep what i just described going and the, and you, you can start there and then if you get a world cup and you get yourself a big you know you get you, you get yourself a mozza from that 
you know, maybe you can think on from there. But I still don't know if I'd move from that as a skeleton. I think that's the Australian rugby skeleton that we can sustain in some way. And we, we build off that. You don't try and, you know, as you, you, you build deep from that. You don't try and go broad again. Um, and I know I'm pissing people off probably by saying that because there's a lot of great people who support the Rebels and and the Force. Uh, but it's just we've we've done this. We know the answer. We've seen it. We've seen ourselves go backwards. We know mm. the we know the rebels have lost money every year, like in a in a code that's broke. How, how do you keep that going? Mm. So, but I haven't heard a whisper yet of sort of these sorts of brave but quite obvious decisions being made in my mind, and that's that's got me worried. Yeah, no, yeah, I I, I think you're right. I think. Um... Yeah, we've got that sort of 2027 World Cup and is it 225 lines they keep sort of pointing to as revenue generators, but it's whether we last till there. That You know, the interesting thing about the Rebels is that they seem so intimately involved and they're trying their damnedest to make themselves irreplaceable um, and not necessarily by performance on the field and, and uh, financial viability, but by... Yeah, intrinsically linking them to the to the head office organisation. They're they're intimately involved with this private equity discussions at the moment. They've been mm-hmm. very much involved in the 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 Super Rugby structure um, uh, for this year. So they're doing their very best to ensure that they're front and centre at any discussion happening at the moment. So so because the, the worst thing that happens right, is that, and I bet you, you can find ways to do it. You know, whether it's news paying up front or whether it's PE or whoever or a few more loans from World Rugby because they know they can get it back by the time the World Cup comes around. Um, you know, someone will someone will feed the habit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, 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 and it will get us through to payday, World Cup payday, and then we'll have nothing. And we'll be and we'll we'll, yeah. be stu- we'll be stuck with a similar thing that we know doesn't work and is going to keep bleeding us dry. So that's that's I feel that's what we're sleepwalking into. There's a lot of people trying to make some deals to try and pull some money around and see if we and exactly in the way you just talked through and other people getting themselves kind of you know buried in there. But I just can't see the longevity in it. Yeah. Yes, it's yes. Look, you know, and we won't know more until we know more, unfortunately. And and, and that's just such a significant future for the the sport. You make a good point about the CEO. It kind of I'd forgotten about that aspect. Are we actually recruiting at the moment? Where that's going? Um, I, I know there was talk up here about Paul White, the CEO of the Broncos, uh, getting a gig. By all reports, that was just him manipulating the media a little bit. Um, I can't see him doing anything being any beneficial to us down there in that Sydney hub you know he's very much a Brisbane boy um but anyway so we'll see how that plays out look we're going to wrap it up soon but I just thought it's worthwhile just a couple of around the grounds type thing I guess first and foremost this hybrid game um Matt to you the 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 All Blacks versus Kangaroos mooted game thoughts Mm. any excitement or intrigue in it or or just a, a pie in the sky yeah, look, I can see why people would. I mean, two amazing sets of athletes, um, no matter which way you look at it. Um, we put a poll up on, um, I think it was on our Instagram feed, um, saying who did you think would win? And two-thirds of the poll came back saying they think the All Blacks would win. Um, and so I shared this on Twitter and just saying, look, I completely disagree with the crowd. Um, you know, not because the All Blacks aren't an amazing 
sporting team or whatever else. But what always happens in these things is that you have to, you know, you have to kind of pull whatever the laws are back to the base common denominator. Yeah. And and it never involves proper set piece because you, you'd be, you know, just the the risk um, that you'd be putting, you know, the league, the league guys just can't do it. So, yeah. you know, you, so you don't have set piece. You take a lot of the intricacies out of the thing. Um, and what you find is, it, yeah, any of these versions that I've ever seen, it's always rugby that suffers. And at the end of the day, you get you boil it down to the most simple game, which is people running up and down, and league is perfect at it. And you've got all those guys with the micro skills, and that's just all they ever do. Um, and um, they come out on top. So from that perspective, and I think everyone would, I think everyone would know that. Um, and I just can't imagine the All Blacks for this one-off game, you know risking that global brand that they're so proud of and that's worth quite a bit of money um to go lose to a bunch of aussie mungos i just i i I cannot see it but um it would be fascinating if they did that's for sure hugh do you have a thought on this at all i I think matt's dead right um actually uh, it was i think it was uh one of our forum posters qwerty had had the the idea which i think was better which was a double header um of kangaroos versus the what is the New Zealand rugby league team whose name escapes me at the moment um, into the into the Wallabies against the All Blacks um, yep. except the quirk being I believe if I'm uh, was that the the union teams play league rules and the league <laughs> teams play union rules <laughs> so you know you you are you're essentially it is a level playing field across across the board and you see and you're seeing all these great four teams, uh, you know, in the one place. Um, I thought that was a, that was a great little idea. <laughs> um, but, um, oh, look, it's, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's not going to happen. I mean, I think it's unlikely, but, you know, de- broken, desperate people do interesting things sometimes. And uh, I think you could classify both games for all the NRLs, um, you know, uh, yeah. much vaunted achievements um uh, they're just as broke as everyone else so um you know whether this is a you know a money spinner I- i'm not sure instead i think what we'll probably see is about eight Bledisloe games yeah. <laughs> towards the back end of the year because the uh it seems like us and new zealand are going to be the only two countries that can probably travel to one another um we might see a a south african team come over and quarantine and hub and play in perth or something but um I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be betting on that at this point in time. No, and I want to talk to that a second. The All Blacks, the, and this must show how bad New Zealand rugby. If they're considering this so protective of their All Black brand, they you know they even you know refuse to let their sevens teams use it, their women's teams. They are they can't use the All Black brand, but they're prepared to give it up for a fourteen man hybrid effort against. The, the kangaroos and league it just and that could be played in adelaide of all places it's just it just blows my mind but you know desperate times i like you say um yeah i mean just talk about those countries i i was matt you sort of just sent this around before the podcast mm. the latest news being the six nations may be expanded as a once-off this year to include fiji and japan which um one like you say hugh whether that actually happens, but two why why, why would they not come south i mean i'd be keen to see us play fiji rather than four games versus New Zealand. Uh, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, just something with dollars or pounds or euro signs in front of it, I'm kind yeah. of guessing. 
um, yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to be pretty hungry for the dollars up there, and it's much more likely to pay off by the sound. So, I'm guessing that's the thing. I mean, the, the, it's a little report in the Irish Independent, and it's saying yeah, they'd add those in so that you could have what they'd have two pool groups yep. um, that would then play a comp, um, yeah, like a like a like a you know, like a mini little I don't know World Cupish type thing. Mm, um, World Cup. Yeah. So which yeah, I mean, would generate a bit of interest over there, I would imagine. So yeah, it would be. Interesting to see, but to your point, Reg, doesn't leave a whole lot going on down this part of the world. <laughs> no, because, you know, I think the COVID numbers are rising in South Africa and Argentina, so I'm not going to see them. I thought the Pacific Islands would be good. Look, it'd be great if Fiji gets some money out of it. I know they've travelled in the past and never got a lot of euro out of it, So, but, you know, if they get some dosh out of it, mm-hmm. good for them. I guess most of them play over there anyway, so um, yeah. hopefully they get something. I can just see our All Black series going on. Like, we just keep going, okay, best of four. All right, yeah. <laughs> best of five. <laughs> best of six. Double or best nothing on the seventh. <laughs> okay, last try wins. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you on a game of 14-man hybrid netball. Right, we're getting um, the kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. Well, that's probably a sign enough that we should probably call this quits. Um uh, look, good to catch you up with you both and uh, and Nick in the booth there. I hope you guys are all well. And we're going to see some rugby this weekend, some live rugby. Going to yeah, have but... some bloody rugby. Fantastic. And if you can get to a game, please do. I mean, if you're lucky enough to be able to sit in a stand and watch, but please, because I think I'll be definitely getting out there next week. So, so yeah, get to the game and support it. You'll be racing the second wave, Hugh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll be surfing that's the right. second wave. It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk to see to see that cellar dweller Tars team go around. I'll risk my health. <laughs> let's well, let's hope that it ignites something and we're all dying to get back here and talk about it next week. Maybe not dying to talk about it, but um, but yeah. <laughs> Look, excellent guys. Thanks to our listeners for joining in and being very loyal over this strange period. Uh, and like Matt says, who knows? We may be back sooner than we uh, sooner than we anticipate. So thanks for listening. Get out to the rugby, and we'll catch you soon. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a de Beer. <laughs>